Hello Buglers, and welcome to issue 4075 of The Bugle. The show was recorded on Tuesday the 10th of July at London's Underbelly. There might have been a false sense at large in the world, and particularly in parts of England, that football was about to come home. Sadly, we received a call late on Wednesday evening saying that football had had a last-minute change of plans and was staying away for another week or four years or the rest of eternity to be confirmed to tune in whenever those episodes happen. Anyway, do enjoy the show. (coughs) There it is! The Bugle. Audio newspaper for a visual world. Welcome to the Bugle Live. Please welcome Andy Zaltzman. Thank you. Hello, Buglers. Uh, hello, non-Buglers. Oh, okay. A few of you for, an, for, on, for a slightly confusing uh, evening. Welcome to uh, the Bugle. Uh, can we just dip the music? Slightly, Chris. We just get there a little bit. It was a little quite loud there. Uh, so, how are you all? Okay, that was. I couldn't make all of those out more clearly. How are you all? Okay, uh, let's try and get some clarity on this. Just you in the front row. How are you? Fantastic. Okay, there we go. So we had a vague general answer to an unnecessary uh, question, followed by a slightly louder, angrier answer, followed by one person trying to take control of it. Welcome to the nation of Brexit. Um, I am, although your answer was rather too uh, clear and concise, um, I am Andy Zaltzman and this is the Bugle Live, doubling up as issue 4075 of the world's leading and only audio newspaper for a visual world. We are here at the Underbelly on the south bank of the uh, renowned London Celebrity River, the Thames, reigning London Natural Waterway of the Year. Yet again, recently romantically linked in the gossip columns with the North Sea, after the two were seen apparently kissing in a satellite photo. And what a time to be here in London, capital city of the England football team, who, as we speak... (laughs) As well... Is it coming home? And if so, what will it find? It's, uh, it may be coming home. We don't know yet. We'll report back next week on whether or not it did come home. Um, this is Bugle uh, 4075. And ironically, 4075 is, by coincidence, the year in which England had been predicted on previous trends to next be in a World Cup semi-final. I'm joking, of course. 4075 will not be a World Cup year. Um, 4,074 or 4,078, that joke would have worked. But anyway, um, so, <laughs> sorry? Yeah, it could be, yeah, that's right. It could be World Cup, uh, cricket World Cup year as well. That's, uh, <laughs> I don't know if the cricket, cricket is coming. I think cricket's going to its new home of uh, India. Um, today is Tuesday the 10th of July. Well done for cheering the anniversaries of the deaths of the legendary 19th century American chess player Paul Morphy. There there he is. What is your beef with him? Leave him alone. He was enough of a recluse in life without you two, you lot hounding him in his uh, piece in the grave. And you've cheered the death of uh, Louis Daguerre, the French uh, photography pioneer, you hypocritical bastards. Without this guy, your smartphones would just be little portable easels and you'd have to paint your own 
fucking selfies and pictures of your lunch. So, um, have some respect. Also on this day, in uh, the year 1212, uh, so what's that now? That's, what, 806 years ago. Here at London burned down. <laughs> Too soon. Um, I mean, that's... Well, that's the kind of division that uh, Brussels is trying to foment in this country. And, um, and also, today is uh, Silence Day. I don't know if you know that. The 10th of July is uh, Silence Day. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's an awkward one for a comedy gig, to be honest. Uh, I have celebrated it at and numerous other gigs that I've done through my career. And to mark um, Silence Day, um, uh, we are giving you a choice of uh, free silences courtesy of the bugle uh, five free silences you could choose here's silence one the awkward silence silence two is the reflective silence silence three radio silence this joke is wearing thin <clears throat> silence four the pregnant silence is it mine and silence five snooker as always, a section of this podcast is going straight. In the bin. Uh, correct answer. Um, this week, in the bin, an insult gardening section. Um, in the bin uh, gardening section, there is uh, the in the bin uh, logo. Uh, insult gardening. I don't know if any of you practice insult gardening, but new scientific research has shown that verbally abusing the plants in your garden can make them grow up to 13.8% faster. Um, here comes the science bit. A, a plant that is feeling shame, uh, embarrassment, or some other form of dudgeon-related negative emotion releases the enzyme chagrinase, which accelerates floralism and um, leafishness. Um, in fact, the colour of a flower's petals is a signifier of its current level of shame. Um, we, uh, roses are uh, very shameful creatures. Uh, we advise you um, uh, in our insult gardening section exactly what burns to invect on which plants in your garden. If you have a ceanothus, you should say this, you briefly blossoming overgrown pseudo-hedge. How about you put some f***ing effort in for the other 48 weeks of the year, you ground-wasting parasite? For the orchid, national flower of Panama, are you? Well, have you been enjoying the World Cup, you wormy-rooted, petal-pushing show-off? There is such a thing as too many species, you 28,000 varieties of horticultural imperialist uberflora. And for the tulip, you are an economic havoc-spreading wannabe onion. Um, and... Uh, also uh, in the bin, a commemorative section on the christening of Prince Louis... Uh, we have Royal Christening Commemorative uh, Supplements. Um, uh, Louis, born in April, is the third child of uh, Prince William and Lady Prince Kate, seen in the picture there, and is uh, fifth in line to the throne on current form. Um, so, I know, fifth in line to the throne, he's going to have to get seriously fucking medieval to get anywhere near the big one. Um, uh, now, according to the BBC Royal Correspondent Obsequious Fitzfawning, um, the, <laughs> the crown-wearing tot has been named uh, Louis Elvis Wimbledon Final Manufacturing Windsor. Um, the traditional four forename uh, royal names. Uh, the last of his four uh, forenames. A tip of the royal naming hat to one of William and Kate's favourite sectors of the British economy. Um, the third of his names was uh, named after what was on the telly last July whilst he was... Con con uh, well, I mean, Federer played beautifully, to be fair. And, uh, we have a free royal giveaway, a classic royal name for you buglers to use as you see fit. You can use this as a middle name or as a new forename. Choose from Henry, Victoria, Catherine... Mom, 
Beyonce or Athelstan. Your choice. It's time now to meet our Bugle guests uh, for this historic last ever Bugle before England becomes the greatest nation in the universe for the first time in 52 years. <laughs> it's, it's, it's coming home, yes. Um, where the f*** has it been all this time? Why did it never even write? Uh, first up is the Bugle representative for the Southern Hemisphere for all female beings and things, including many French nouns. Uh, for the global lapsed Jewish Buddhist Catholic community, it's Alice Fraser! When she walks, she moves so fast, like a flamingo. Henny, hello, Bugleheads, how are you? Very well, very well, there is. Um, now, Alice, as we've heard, football is coming home. You have yourself actually just been home to Australia. Yes, I visited Australia for a week, which I would not recommend. <laughs> is that not better than visiting Australia for a month or a year? Um, and, uh, I mean, as something returning home, what advice would you have for football? You know, football went off to buy some milk one day and never came back, and now it's coming home and we're meant to embrace it with open arms. I just... I think maybe football needs some gr to do some groundwork, you right. know, to win back our affection. Right. <laughs> There's many years where I was missing a strong football figure in my life. <laughs> right. And how have you rectified that? By not watching the football. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I won. <laughs> yes, I think you probably did. Uh, and now, uh, for the first time ever uh, on the Bugle, one of the finest comedians I've worked with, please welcome the wonderful Andrew Maxwell! Thank you, Andrew. Um. <laughs> Myself and my esteemed colleague uh, Zaltzman here, we went and watched the first half of the football together, yep. didn't we? In we a did. pub with a thousand different screens. Yes. We, we had no chairs and we stood beside each other looking at different screens. <laughs> <laughs> we looked like the cover of a folk album. <laughs> it's a wonderful thing, football, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's way better than reality, isn't it? I mean, what, what, what things have you not been thinking about because of the World Cup? Oh, all sorts. I think there's a lump on me somewhere. <laughs> I think there's a lump, there's something, yeah. <laughs> my, uh, my parents' dog passed away during the World Cup. <laughs> Who gives a shit? 17-year-old <laughs> dog. Oh, I never saw England reach a World Cup yeah. semi-final. <laughs> Didn't make it out of the group stage. <laughs> Did. See, as an Irishman, but long-time resident of England, I'm very torn about right. England's success in the World Cup, you know? Right. I, I'm, I, I describe it as, I'm for the players against the country. <laughs> yeah? I think these are probably the most charming and humble group of English players ever. And I quite like them. But then again, I like the millennial generation. They're well-behaved, clean behind the ears. Right. Uh, Whereas as a country, I mean... <laughs> I mean, awful, really awful country. You should be ashamed of yourselves. No, no wonder your patron saint is fictional. A, a fictional Turkish man. I think deep down you all know you should be ashamed of yourselves. Well, I mean, I, I personally... Didn't slay a dragon at all, did he? Just kicked the shit out of a newt outside a pub. <laughs> yeah, but St. That... Patrick, on the other hand, real. A real Welsh slave boy. Well, he, he, chased the, uh, he chased the snakes out of Ireland, didn't he? He did. Yeah. And moles. Right. Well, that, that is the origin of uh, the great Irish sport of hurling, isn't it? 
It's, it's one of them, yeah. Because after I mean, chase... mostly it was drinking and fighting. I mean, in Australia, we've got a very high rate of skin cancer, so eradicating moles is a... Boom. Yeah. Gone in early there, Alice. <laughs> very What's early. that brilliant... There was a brilliant uh, health, health, uh, health... Government health thing in Australia about making sure you put sun cream on. Slip, slop, slap. Slip, slop, slap. But the first time I went to Australia, there was a, it, was, it was basically there's a TV, Aussie TV presenter, and there's somebody getting a skin graft. They're, they're literally, <laughs> do you know the one I'm talking about? It's yeah. in an operating theatre, and there's a guy, it's actually happening, this is real, and he's there, he goes, this is Gary. Gary didn't put sun cream on, and now he's having to get a skin graft. They're taking skin off his bum, and they're sticking it on his face. So unless you want to wear your bum... On your face! <laughs> Slip, slap, slop. <laughs> Slip, slop, slap. Slap, whatever. <laughs> I'm a stickler for accuracy when it comes to late 90s advertising campaigns. Yeah, so, no doubt. That's what we say about you behind your back. <laughs> right, it's time for our uh, top story, Chris. And here it is, uh, top story this week. Brexit, and by Brexit I mean the total meltdown of Britain, its politics, its democracy and its government. Uh, have you... Uh, there we go. Um, who has been enjoying the current bouts of total f- chaos? There we go. Oh, I think this is fair. This is what we <laughs> voted for. We voted knowing it would cause chaos, and this is what the government is giving us. Chris, have there been any resignations since the start of the show? Uh, no, not in the last 20 minutes. All right, that's, uh, give it time. That's, uh, that, is, that is good to know. We will update you on that later during uh, the show. Uh, Boris Johnson, God rest his soul, um, <laughs> if it is ever located. Um, <laughs> The 54-year-old unemployed man from West London. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he quat. Uh, David Davis quat. Um, there have now been uh, other quattings. We had uh, Chris Green, the ministerial aide. Can you believe Chris Green has gone? Big Christy. <laughs> Resigned his position as a parliamentary private secretary to the Department of Transport. No! <laughs> when parliamentary private secretaries to the Department of Transport are falling on their sharpened sword-shaped cores yet, you know your country is in a difficult spot. Uh, he resigned. He said uh, in a letter that uh, Theresa May had confirmed his fears that we would not really leave the EU. But the word really was not on that. It was not on that ballot paper. It was not really leave the EU. Mm. It was leave the EU, not leave the EU, or... eh? Well, I mean, this is the thing. It's the will of the people. It's It's the will of the people. It's the last (laughs) will and testament of the people. It's happening. It's happening, and all the Ramoners can dry their eyes. It's happening. We're going to WTO rules. We're going to show them what's what. Britain's going to sail out into the world and trade with them again. Start making magic beans and such. Do you know what they love? You, uh, uh, the foreigners, they absolutely love some beads. Yeah. Beads and necklaces and such. Britain, if, all it has to do is have the gumption and self-belief to sail to the new world and just buy back Manhattan... With some beads. Trump might go for it. Uh, (laughs) Boris Johnson quit as Foreign Secretary. He said uh, the reason he quit was the dream of Brexit is dying, which would be sadder if the dream of Brexit hadn't always been the sweaty cheese dream of a tapped-out single dad. (laughs) 
where he dreams he's going to marry Angelina Jolie in a cloud city full of approving Whoopi Goldbergs in her role as time-travelling bartender Guinan in Star Trek Enterprise. <laughs> it's fine to have that kind of dream, but Boris wanted to move forward with the dream like if single dad Gary then woke up and from his cheese dream and rushed out to quit his job in middle management to pursue his dream without thinking through any of the logistical, ethical or legal ramifications. I mean, how do you get that many Guinans? You got a holodeck handy? <laughs> he also said Brexit should be about opportunity and hope, which is not entirely the message during the campaign when Brexit was very much about sending Syrian refugees back to where they already were. In, yeah, um, no, it's, it's a hope they'll all go home. All right, okay, so I guess yeah. giving them the opportunity. Yeah, the opportunity to <laughs> f*** off. It's all there. It's all a very positive message. Yes. He apparently in the Chequers meeting used the term polish the turd, referring <laughs> to Theresa May's scheme. Polish the turd, also one of uh, the more marginal 1970s children TV shows. Uh, that puppet was just a little bit graphic. Uh, but to be honest, I think I would respect Theresa May a little bit more if she just was honest enough to say, to come out and give a press conference on, the, the, on Downing Street and say... I will polish this unwanted turd <laughs> until it passes for an acceptable, if unconventional, paperweight. I'll, I'll respect her more. There's nothing that inspires less confidence in a political move than a rash of resignation. It's the kind of rash no topical cream will adequately resolve. Uh, it's, it's, like, it's like that metaphor of rats fleeing a sinking ship, but in this situation the ship is made out of rats <laughs> and the captain is a weasel and the first mate is Boris Johnson. <laughs> In disguise as a rat, in disguise as Boris Johnson. Shh, they haven't noticed he's just a mug of salami offcuts in a fluorescent yellow party city hair hat yet. <laughs> you know, he's not, his name's not Boris. It wouldn't be. It's not. It's not Boris is his middle name. Everybody within uh, British politics and political journalists all known by the name that everybody who actually knows him. It, it's Al. His name's Alexander Boris de Feffel Johnson, and everybody who's in British politics calls him Al. Everybody who went to school with him calls him Al. Boris is his stage name. <laughs> He's like a Brazilian <laughs> footballer, basically. But, you know, isn't that just... When you know that, it's, it's, it makes it even worse. <laughs> it's you realise that you're, you're a muggle. You're a mug. You're a mug. It's like a giant political in-joke. I mean, and if you call him Boris, then you're a mug. <laughs> You're on the out. You given I mean? the choice of the initials AJ and BJ, he went for BJ. <laughs> <laughs> that says everything you need to know about the man. Um, it is starting to look uh, like we probably should have thought about it a bit <laughs> before, before voting on it. I'm, I'm going out on a limb. Well, I guess it's the, the old saying goes, if you're going to jump out of an aeroplane... Take a parachute. Don't just take a couple of bedsheets, some string, a vague sense of hope and opportunity and an attitude of, ah, f***ing difficult can it be? Um, just, well, uh, just breaking news now. Uh, some more resignations. Theresa May's frown has resigned. Um, and, uh, no, that's holding up the pillar of British community. <laughs> um, also, well, earlier on today, two... Um, uh, vice chairs of the Tory party have also uh, quat. Ben Bradley and Maria Caulfield uh, issued a statement saying compromise is for wieners. Um, <laughs> people did not vote for compromise. They voted for dogmatically sticking to an as yet undefined course of action. Um, 
And uh, there's also been a presignation. Uh, this is the new form of resignation. Uh, backbencher Herbert Strimp, the MP for Snutterbridge Central, has preemptively resigned as junior minister for woodland areas, uh, saying, <laughs> I expect it to be appointed within the next two years, but I'm quitting today in process that how I think will, things will have panned out by then. Unless the current or any future Prime Minister can guarantee that things will be exactly how people may have wanted them at some hypothetical point in the past to become in the future, then I cannot serve in any hypothetical future government. So, um, confusing times. Today, I listened to, on Five Live, there was a, a Brexiteer saying that it's, go, it's going to be rough, but it's going to be great in ten years' time. That's a long time to wait. <laughs> Is it ten years? Ten years of rough? Yeah. I don't think we've got it in us. Oh, come on. That's how I'm going to propose. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, but we're a nation that's bravely withstood 52 years of hurt. (laughs) Ten years of rough is nothing to us. Um, Felt really rough. (laughs) Like, I think, and you know, and they were like, well, how rough are you talking about? Well, there might be some food shortages. And that's pretty rough. I mean, I was just thinking about spotty Wi-Fi. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, that horrible country hotel Wi-Fi. <laughs> but that's what we'd have to go back to. That was my idea of a hellscape. Do you know what I mean? Not strong enough for Netflix. <laughs> I thought that's where we were going. Right. But like proper running out of food, roughly. Right. Yeah, but the Could you fight thing... for food, gang? Could you? Oh, Would yeah, you? I'd f*** you up so badly. <laughs> For a sandwich. Like, I'll do it now. For a sandwich? I didn't say we were going to tramp fight. <laughs> a sandwich? <laughs> a good is sandwich. All? Is that all my beautiful face means to you? <laughs> a sandwich. Well, as, as, a, as a member of the next island, which is yeah. about to be turbo f***ed by it, <laughs> got a little bit more of it. Okay, all right, right. I genuinely, this is... I live in Kent. Is anybody in from Kent? Yes, me. Are you? Yeah. Are you from Kent? Well, I grew up in Tunbridge Wells. Oh, Tum- that's not Kent. Well, Tunbridge Wells. For those who know, who knows Tunbridge oh, Wells? Oh, that's here? not Kent. No, Tunbridge Wells is uh, it's uh, kind of it, it's the, basically the most conservative place in the universe. You were considered a bit of a lefty when I was growing up if you only voted conservative once at each general election. I was in a sauna. <laughs> I was in a sauna in Kent, near where I live in Kent, and this is the level of just Brexit mania. It, it's, it's way worse than you think, kids. It's way worse. Uh, I was in the sauna, and I got chatting to this old boy. Now, he was in his 60s. And, uh, and the weird, the, the most mental thing about this is he meant this as a genuinely welcoming, friendly... This wasn't a snidey wide-up, Yeah. He meant this as a genuinely, we're all friends here, yeah? I'll be chatting to somebody else, so he heard my Irish accent. Then the person I was chatting to left, and then it was me and him. Door closed, then it was just me and him in the steam room. And he said, you must be delighted, being Irish. And I went, "Uh, uh, why is that? He goes, well, you know what I mean? Now that we're out of Europe, you'll be next. (laughs) (laughs) That's not the weird bit. <laughs> uh, let's put, park all that history. He goes, <laughs> now that we're out of Europe, you'll be next. And once you're out of Europe, then you'll be re- free to rejoin us. <laughs> <laughs> I 
<laughs> what? Eight hundred years of hurt. <laughs> Never stopped us dreaming. <laughs> what are you talking about? Bugler's, here is an important announcement. It seems that none of us know how to brush our teeth properly. But don't panic. Quip is here to save your teeth. Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. It's essentially like having your teeth gently licked by a benevolent angel. It has an inbuilt timer, no cutting corners, my toothy friends, and they send new brush heads every three months so your brush keeps your teeth looking absolutely sensational. Quip was called the best electric toothbrush by GQ and the Tesla of toothbrushes by Bloomberg. Let's assume those were meant as compliments. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash bugle right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash bugle. Spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash bugle. Well, Theresa May insists that the Cabinet has agreed on what she's calling a collective position for the future of our negotiations on Brexit. The collective position is the collective noun for the wide-legged stance a group of politicians assume when they all hate each other so hard they can't maintain core stability. (laughs) They have to pretend to be on the same side because it's literally their job definition. (laughs) I don't know, it's going, to, it's going to be a joint institutional framework and the deal will end the automatic free movement of people into the UK from the EU but include a mobility framework allowing, a lot of frameworks, allowing easy movement for work or study. A mobility framework sounds like the excessively expensive physio handrails you install in your grandparents' place <laughs> after Nana's broken a hip where you're like, of course, money isn't the issue but also realistically, what's my value on this investment? <laughs> The relative risk of mortality in the elderly patient the population increases 4% per year if you've had a hip reconstruction. <laughs> She's got five years left in her at best four if she doesn't stop drinking Diet Coke. <laughs> What's in Diet Coke? Because when you don't have one for somebody who drinks it, they get really angry. <laughs> like, really upset. It's mostly nicotine, I think, isn't it? <laughs> Is it? You tell me it's a drinkable cigarette. You know when people would stub out their cigarettes and leave them in a bottle? Yeah. So that they don't ruin the environment. That's what it's diet tea coke. made up. I don't right. know. That's, That's diet it. coke. The, 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 smol- the, the smouldering <laughs> end of the cigarette burns off all the sugar. And, uh, <laughs> That's a, bit of a lot of science in the show. Chris, we need a sting. Here we are. This is the uh, yeah. unfeasible... All 12 members of a boys' football team and their coach have been rescued after being trapped in a cave in Thailand for 18 days. The Thai Navy SEALs who've been running the operation confirmed that they were all out, saying on their Facebook page, we are not sure if this is a miracle, a science, or what. (laughs) (laughs) Mate, it was you. It was a SEALs. Like, you did the swimming, the rescuing bit, the whole thing. But the important thing to remember about this story is that no matter how intense the jeopardy of a situation is, there will be people who try to freeload off the publicity wagon as it drives past topical news station. Uh, FIFA has announced that rescued boys will not be able to attend the World Cup final on Sunday, as previously hoped, because they're all still stuck in hospital eating bland rice, which begs the question of whether there is a single world event that hasn't been infiltrated by FIFA. Uh, (laughs) Stop pretending you care about people, FIFA. The only reason that Thailand still likes football is because they're the only undeveloped, underdeveloped country you haven't f***ed over yet. <laughs> and the office of Thailand's Prime Minister has thanked tech entrepreneur Elon Musk for his offers of help, <laughs> pra- praising his glorious. offered mini-submarine, saying it was not needed. Musk praised 
the outstanding rescue team, but questioned the expertise of the official who turned down his submarine. Uh, so now we know for a fact that Elon Musk has secretly hoped for the miserable cave death of a shivering miner just so he could have said, I told you so. <laughs> Which is Elon Musk's favourite phrase, apart from, what do you mean exposure isn't adequate recompense for creative labour? I'm a multi-billionaire entrepreneur genius who's never heard the phrase copyright infringement. <laughs> is it a miracle or a science? Um... I mean, it's just great to see Musk involved in this, the patently non-existent, fictitious entrepreneur. <laughs> um, he's been on hand to not particularly help uh, with more of his ridiculous sci-fi concoctions, um, including, as you said, a miniature fun-sized submarine. Like, he offered it, they refused it, and he brought it anyway. Yes. <laughs> well, he, tur- I mean, he just turns up at big events and doesn't help at all. You know, he's like sort of a really high-tech Paul Gascoigne. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just Elon Musk is there with a fishing rod and a six-pack of super. <laughs> what, what are you going to do, Muskie? <laughs> he re- also offered to install a, mag- a magnetic levitation-powered Thai child-ready Hyperloop tunnel that would <laughs> zoom the stricken children to safety at speeds of up to 750 miles an hour, and which be- could, have, could have been completed as soon as the year 2036, had the rescue not now already been complete- completed. Uh, he also offered a teleportation device to dismantle the subterranean soccer teams and uh, cell by cell and reconstruct them on Mars, where they could be then more easily rescued by Musk's new belief-powered astropult. The prototype of the intergalactic catapult, which Musk aims to twang people between galaxies by the end of this decade. Uh, And he also offered the use of his great glass elevator and or tickets to his chocolate factory for the winning children. Um, The uh, rescue chief... Narong Sak uh responded to uh, Elon Musk's offer by saying, even though the equipment is technologically sophisticated, it does not fit with our mission to go in the cave. Let me translate that for anyone who doesn't speak fluent Thai. It means, f*** off, you ludicrous made-up man. <laughs> I mean, that, like, the huge... It's like a beautiful, coordinated global effort and this kind of wall-to-wall news coverage. is like, it's quite heartwarming, but it's also got to be a kick of the... Like, kind of a bit of a kick in the teeth for anyone who's ever been in a terrible situation and was quietly rescued by local services without even getting to be a little bit patronised by Elon Musk. <laughs> Anytime he talks about his Hyperloop, all I can hear in my head is, monorail, 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 monorail. monorail. <laughs> <laughs> He's a charlatan. <laughs> the, uh, the he is. I don't. I don't about you, but if I, anybody ever runs me over, that's what I want it to be. I want another human to run me over. <laughs> I don't be run over by a robot car. <laughs> I don't want that. Call me an, a luddite, <laughs> but I don't want to be run over by a robot car. I'll <laughs> run you over. Thank you. <laughs> I thank you. Amongst the. Uh... <laughs> The, uh, the reactions of the rescued children have been very tightly controlled, but a few uh, details are starting to leak out of what the children said when they were rescued, including England in the f***ing semi-final. But how? And David Davis resigned. No! Put me back in there! The, the name of the man that ends his name ends in corn? Yep. Could you say his name again? Could I say his name again? Uh, Narongsak Osathanakorn. Yeah. yeah. He him. was on the news today... Yep. And it, it was, it, you could tell he would practice this in the mirror. It's turned out it was mission possible. <laughs> he, did, he did genuinely say that. You, you can imagine he was like, boom, you got it again, sack of corn. I mean, what <laughs> I want to know... Mission possible. I repeat, mission possible. What I want to know is there's like 12 teenage boys in the dark 
for an extended period I of do time. not like where this is going, Alice. <laughs> I've seen your work before. <laughs> I'll leave it. <laughs> your teacher takes you into a cave. What could go wrong? <laughs> I, you know, I'm glad they're all out alive and we can joke about it. But it, it, because previous to this, it wasn't a very funny one. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nowhere near as funny as the Chilean miners. <laughs> yeah, that was some quality, wasn't it? I With mean, their wives and mistresses waiting for them, and the, <laughs> the whole world knew it was like a, it was like a Benny Hill disaster. <laughs> I mean, to do Andy credit, the, uh, the run list he sent through said, Thai rescue, open brackets, depending on latest news, close brackets. <laughs> Got to be flexible in this day and age. <laughs> Your Esther Ranson heart of gold is winging its way to you, Zaltzman. <laughs> <laughs> and Elon Musk is a f***ing high-tech charlatan. <laughs> on the At least he didn't invent Facebook. He's a prick and all. <laughs> is he? He's a prick. Come on, you're a billionaire. Put a shirt on. <laughs> I hate seeing him in a T-shirt and flip-flops. Oh, you sicken me. <laughs> Just a quick break from Tuesday's show now to alert you to some more forthcoming gigs. I'm doing Satirist for Hire at the Soho Theatre from next Wednesday, that's the 18th of July, until Saturday the 21st. Do send your satirical requests in to satirise this at satiristforhire.com and I will put out the highlights on the Bugle at some point over the next few weeks during my summer holiday. Also, I'll be in Edinburgh doing the Edinburgh Fringe from the 15th of August until the 26th at the Stand Comedy Club. See you all there. Back to Tuesday's show. Animals news. Alice, you're our official correspondent for all uh, animals. Uh, uh, Drunk seagulls, Andy. Do you want to do drunk seagulls? Well, I mean, just those two words really deserve more airing. There we go. uh... uh... (laughs) Oh, Chris has had a fun day. Uh, a bunch of seagulls have been showing up at the RSPCA, drunk apparently having eaten uh, the waste from breweries, uh, and apparently the RSP- RSPCA vans now smell like pubs. Um, this confirms, this, this is degenerate behaviour on the part of the seagulls, it confirms my belief that birds are just dinosaurs that have failed the promise of their genetic le- legacy, like the child of a life-saving cancer scientist that just wants to explore their un- untapped potential in the world of conceptual modern art. <laughs> Look, Dad, I've just stapled 40,000 condoms together and hung it off a bridge. It looks like a deflated colostomy bag, but it's a commentary on Ariane Grande's recent too-quick engagement to that dude with the big dick energy. (laughs) (laughs) Big dick energy is actually the most environmentally uh, environmentally friendly form of energy you can get at the moment, even more so than wind power. Um, (laughs) Wind power is really making leaps and bounds, particularly offshore. But that said, I think we'd all choose big dick energy any day of the week, wouldn't we? <laughs> Shut the coal power down yeah. and just really start working our dicks. <laughs> in the words of Norman Tebbit in the early 1980s. Um, I mean, you know things are bad in a country when even the seagulls are drinking to forget. I mean, this is, what, what? Uh, and, um, it's fledgling season right now. Right. I live on a, a breezy coastal town. It's quite <laughs> horrific. I've saved two fledglings right. in the last uh, two weeks. Uh, a baby crow. And then uh, last week I was going to the beach and I saved a baby sparrow. They, they're, they're, they can fly only not good enough. 
they get, they're kind of getting there, and then a big sea gust comes in, and they all fall out of the trees. It's weird. And then I, I have to carry them around. <laughs> I carried a sparrow. I wanted to get... It was roasting. It was like 30 degrees, but instead I had to save a sparrow. It was the weekend, and I went to the vet, and it was shut. So there I am with Sammy the Sparrow. Oh, man, this gig is producing so much wind power. <laughs> Better wind power than big dick energy. <laughs> it's cleaner. <laughs> what, what I want to know what happened to the sparrow now. Thank you. Thank you. So, I went, so with my other hand, I googled what do you do with fledgling sparrows? Do you feed them? Do you keep them? Can you raise them? What do you do? Right. And he what said, was the quality uh, of the Wi-Fi signal like? <laughs> Said, uh, stick them back into the nearest hedge they came from. Right. So I walked back down to the beach, absolutely roasting now. Right, right. shouting at it, you should go straight back where you came oh, from, the a, nearest hedge. Oh, he's a lovely little fella. And I just put him into the hedge and off he popped. Right. I, it felt wonderful. Really satisfying. <laughs> I suppose it's what it's like giving birth. Do you know what I mean? I thought, now I know. Now I'm completely on an equal to all mothers. <laughs> I know what it's like now, sisters. <laughs> and the crow. Oh, <laughs> the crow was in the middle of the road. I screeched to a halt. <laughs> I never thought, like, I assume, you know, birds, you know, they usually fly away, right? This crow was just sullen in the middle of the road, like... Brought him to the vet, but luckily it was, it was a weekday. The vet took him. But didn't give me back my beach towel. Well, what, the crow or the vet? Yeah. Oh, I think the crow would have. Right. If he knew what was so happening. What, so do you, know, do you know what was wrong with the crow in the end? Was Again, it, just it was sad? a fledgling. It was right. just blown out of a tree. Right. <laughs> the reason why I mention this is yesterday I was on the way to the beach and a baby fledgling seagull fell out of a tree. And I was Hammered. like, come on! <laughs> This is weird. <laughs> and I shouted at it, and it went back into the bush. <laughs> this is how religions start, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, a big thing, thing. Not just, uh, it's not just England's World Cup uh, semi-final to get to. We've got uh, Donald Trump uh, on his way to London. As we speak, the acting American president and self-styled vinegar pistol to the eyeballs of the world is... <laughs> bringing his patented own brand of tantrum politics to Britain and the big bullshit-banding division divisor is set to be welcomed with open arms, albeit that those arms will have middle fingers extended <laughs> at the end of them. Um, who's intending to go to the, uh, the, um, uh, the Trump protest here? The, uh, um, who's going on the pro-Trump protest? Oh, <laughs> just one of you. Um, uh, and it's because there's, there's going to be the inflatable Trump baby blimp. Um, Flown above uh, above London. That's uh, British welcoming tradition dating all the way back to when Henry II floated a helium-filled badger above the uh, skies of Kent um, in uh, 1156. Um, um, and it is possible that the Queen could be set for the first time on an official uh, state occasion. Uh, the first time since uh, she met Romanian power bastard Nicky Ceausescu in the 1970s. <laughs> it could be her fir the first time she's muttered the word <laughs> under her breath <laughs> at uh, an official, uh, official, government, official meeting. I think Trump has big asshole energy, Andy. Right. 
He's the only way you can explain the constant sort of incoherent thing that he's... All of the, the way that his sentences right. don't quite match up and they go off and... He's just trying to desperately distract people from the fact that he's constantly shitting himself. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, it's a, this, the Stop Trump campaign, it's hard for us to vote Trump out uh, in Britain. Um, and it's become even more so since the 1780s. So uh, I think actually the best way to get, get rid of him might, might be to give him a uh, fawningly obsequious welcome. Uh, he likes that. Uh, lure him in and then just trap him on one of his own golf courses. And that could... Uh, <laughs> Scotland can take one for the team, I reckon. Mm-hmm. Right, I think we are, we are... I did have some half-prepared puns on uh, the uh, 1966 World Cup team. But no, no, they're not... They'll keep, Andy, oh, they'll keep. I'm not going to... I hadn't pun, finished pun, them. I'll do, pun, I'll do pun. a couple... Well, anyway, well, I had a, a mate who was... Um, uh, he was friends with all the 1966 World Cup winners, or some of them, in fact, given that I didn't finish writing this. But, uh, um, but he was very superstitious. Uh, he was very superstitious. He kept his money in locked vaults guarded by bronze sculptures of Medusa, the snake-haired mythological ancient Greek uh, petrifier. Uh, in his, yes, so uh, he called them his Gorgon Banks. <laughs> <laughs> I like the shame in your eyes when you say them. Shame. Is it really shame? Um, uh, Anyway, um, he, he came to me complaining one day that he'd been ripped off. Uh, he'd said that his car had broken down. And this guy had come to help him, had promised, uh, uh, promised something to raise his car up so he could get underneath it. And then a new device to put in the ignition and switch it on. And my mate had given him 200 quid, but then he just gave him a cheap knockoff that didn't work. And I said, well, he sounds like a real Jackie Charlotte Charlton. <laughs> Jack- <laughs> Jackie Charlton? No? That's probably right. Anyway. Uh, sorry, to calm myself down, he went for a walk on some rather sparse hills near where he lived that were strewn with these strange giant jelly-like deposits. The, uh, the blobby moor. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, um, anyway, they, they had these special... There were lots of, uh, lots of fences, but they had special places to climb over them. Been very artistically designed, made out of these round chunks of wood that were supposed to be like the bishops from a chess set, but actually looked more like a man's, um, you know, uh, you know, thingy. Uh, they were rather knobby styles. I think that deserved a little bit more. Uh, just a little bit more. Um, but he had a collection of metal models of uh, his favourite film stars, Ustinov, Sellers, uh, Capaldi, but then he dropped them and they fell under the wheels of a passing lorry. Oh, no, he said, my tin Peters. My, my tin Peters... Uh, anyway, certainly he was the first man ever to cook a meal for three different US presidents, the first to, to use yellowfin tuna in a venison casserole, and the first to run an entire professional kitchen without spoons. That was a lot of chef firsts. Chef firsts? <laughs> anyway, and he liked to hide thesauruses in the trees in his local woods and then go out and uh, find them and shoot them. Uh, he called it a Roger hunt. Tough crowd. Don't look embarrassed, tough, Andy. You deliberately asked for this extra time. Tough crowd. Tough crowd. This is now not extra time. This is penalties. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he kept in touch with the, the managers from both sides, in fact. Um, and he, uh, he had a German friend who was so traumatised by his country's defeat that as a gesture of goodwill, my friend gave him a photo of the two managers shaking hands after the game in 1966. Ah, that is very nice, his friend said. I will put it on the wall. I'll frame the picture. I'll frame the, I'll frame the picture. But what he hadn't noticed was that the German manager actually had his flies undone. Amid all the excitement, he'd uh, just unzipped his flies during extra time, out of, uh, just accidentally. And the end of his uh, plonker was clearly visible. He had his helmet shown. LAUGHTER 
I mean, I'm not even sure you need to know that. I, mean, that, I think that was quite good. I mean, that, that was technically... I mean... Right. <laughs> I need to go away and think about what I've done. <laughs> but luckily, you didn't actually pay for that bit. So, uh, <laughs> uh, thank you uh, very much uh, for coming. There are further live bugles in London uh, later in the year at the Leicester Square Theatre. If you're up in Edinburgh in August, uh, we're all doing shows at the uh, Edinburgh Festival. <laughs> you look surprised by that. Um, it's months away. <laughs> You know, it's literally, well, I don't know, months, it's fractions of a month away, isn't it? Three weeks away. Three weeks away. Or, or five weeks if you're me and only doing one, the last bit. One menstrual cycle if you've got a short one. Oh, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> well, this has been an interesting bugle. We're different in many ways. To the, it's been a delightful crowd. Thank you very much for coming. Please show your appreciation for our wonderful guest today, Alice Fraser! <laughs> and the magnificent Andrew Maxwell! Give it up for Chris! Clear spaces in your spare room for when football comes home after the third place playoff on Saturday. See you next time. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.